week. But Well, welcome to Turnaround Church. We're so excited that you're joining us. Whether you're joining us live or you're joining us on a replay, we're just glad that you have decided to uh, join us. And if you do us the honor of going to our website, turnaround.church, and clicking the I'm New card, then that's our e-connection card. We'd love to have a record of your visit, of the two watched, that you visited with us. We'd like to reach out and make ourselves available to you and that sort of thing. So we're just excited that you've taken time to do it. Hang with us. I've got an awesome message and uh, that's coming up. But first, let's watch this. God tells Judah that listen, I got a plan for you. It's good, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of you. Don't stress over it. Then we can take the same scripture and apply it to our lives. Though it was thousands of years ago, we can use it, even though it was given to those those people from Judah. I've not left you. It's gonna be 70 years, and at some point you're gonna know I said this, but you're gonna forget it because life is gonna to get tough. You're gonna to say, How long are we gonna be? in this place. God was telling them, listen, you are here and while you're here, I want you to build, I want you to plant, and I want you to live. I want you to live life. Do what you would be doing if you were in the perfect situation. Just do it while you're there. We have a life of faith. We have a life of we have a life free from sin. We have the power to overcome things. And so as we build our houses and live, you know, it is, it is uh, to live is to live in Christ, free from sin, to have faith, to have hope, to have uh, you know, strength, the helper, exhorting, comforting, all of those things. So you can choose to create that atmosphere, that godly atmosphere, that positive atmosphere. Whereas people come into your home, they actually feel the presence of God. They feel the peace. So God said, listen, you need to invest in it. You need to, you need to connect with this land. You're here because you, you were disobeying me. But while you're here, you're here because of what you did. But God says, while you're there think about this in your own situation. If you're in a situation where it's less than ideal, if something in your life is not perfect, if it's not the way you want it, listen, God says, while you're there, don't wish your life away. But God says, listen, I want you to connect where you're land, connect to the land. Now see, there's a blessing for planting where you're planted. It does not matter what situation you're in. It doesn't matter what circumstances are in your life. You will prosper if you will just obey my voice. If you will trust me and learn to lean on me and learn to do what I've asked you to do and follow my leading, I will bless you so much that people will begin to look at you and say, what's going on here? Listen, when you are in less than ideal circumstances, when things in your life don't seem like they're they're perfect, when you... When it's like, this is not how I envisioned my life being. Listen, you don't have to worry about it. You just follow what God's asked you to do. Do what He told you to do while you're there. 
Well, he's in that situation, and he's going to turn it. Amen. This week, we're going to be talking about weddings and babies. Weddings and babies. So let's turn to Genesis chapter 2. We're going to talk about the very first wedding. The very first wedding. Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 and 21 and 22. It'll be on the screen there. So verse 18 says, Then the Lord said, It's not good that man should be alone. And every woman says, Ain't that the truth? I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, that, uh, that's, we're going to pause right there. That word helper, that word helper is azer, E-Z-E-R. And that word is used 12 times, 21 times, 21 times in the Old Testament. And twice it's to describe the woman and 19 times it describes God. In fact, where it says, uh, heretofore has God been my help, Ebenezer, God, heretofore has God been my help. That word, Ezer, Ezer, has come from that. So we've got to understand, when God created the woman, he created someone to come along and be, be with us, to partner with us, not somebody to hand us a tool, not an apprentice, not a, a, a junior associate. It's someone that is a partner with us. And so he said, it's not good that man should be alone, and I'll make someone that's just like him and be like him. What happened was God says, listen, I'm going to create the complete image. I'm getting ahead of myself. So then verse 21 says, so the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh, and the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to him. How many remembers the wedding when the father brought the bride up to the groom? This was the first wedding. God brought the woman to the man. And Adam went on to say, This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And he said, And now a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave only to his wife. And I'm thinking, you didn't have a father or a mother, either one. You got God. But he was prophesying. So God created marriage in the beginning because it was to signify, it was prophesying Jesus and his body. The wedding, if you go to Revelation, the wedding of the marriage supper of the Lamb. You, you, the, the bride, here comes the bride, and we are the bride of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We, he is our head, and we are his body, and then he is the groom. We're the bride. The whole thing is, it is a completeness. It is to bring completeness. Because God, we are made in his image. Okay, let's, let's move on to Genesis chapter, back to Genesis chapter 1. Verses 26 and 28, I keep trying to get way ahead of myself. Verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our image. I'm going to stop right there right quick. Let me just hold on right there. That word man is Adam. A-D-A-M, Adam, that's how it's actually pronounced. That is not the proper noun for the man. That's not his name. It's not like Joe or James or Eugene. 
and Adam. No, that was the name. What that means is mankind or humankind. Adam means humankind. So God said, let us make mankind in our image, after our likeness, and let them. So he said, let's make man, and then he says, let them. So he's talking about the plural. He's talking about the man and the woman. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That has nothing to do with people. Somebody may be a creep, but you still don't have dominion over them. We don't have dominion over people. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image, that same word Adam, mankind, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. It's like they're using proper pronouns mixed up, but what he's saying is he created mankind and created the man. And the so what he did was when he created Adam, he created the first, the male part of it, he actually put women's seeds in his side. So he put women's seeds in here. So what he said was, I created the, the male portion of humankind, the male side of humankind. I put in him the seed for the other side, which is the woman, the female. And then they too will reflect the image of God. See, God is complete in his... And God has always been referenced as a man in the scripture. God is neither male nor female. God is a spirit. Okay? But he has all the attributes of male and female. He has all the attributes of male and female. He has the attributes of a father. You can refer to him as a father. And he's also called the many-breasted one. In, in, in Genesis, later on, he's called the many-breasted one. He's, also, he's a nurturer, and he's also a, a, a leader. He's also the father. He's also the nurturer. He's, he is everything. And so we together are to reflect his image. We are the image of God, the complete image. When a man and a woman come together, they become one flesh. That is the complete, completed image of God. We are all image bearers of God, but when we come together, man and woman, we complete the image of God. Verse 28, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This was what he put man here for. What he put humankind here for was to, to multiply, to be fruitful and multiply, and to fulfill and fill the earth. This is what we were here made to do, to reflect his image on this earth, to be the complete reflection of God in the earth, and to create more images of God throughout the earth so that we can multiply and fill it so that God can fill the earth with his image. Okay? And then in Genesis chapter 22, same song, second verse. Genesis chapter 22, Abraham. Remember Abraham and Sarah. When he was 100 and she was 99, she, had, she received... Strength, after she had judged God faithful, Hebrews 11 says, she, after she had judged God faithful, received strength to conceive and to bear a son at 99 years old. And so it, they, he was raised up, and as he became an adolescent, God told Abraham, he said, take your son, your only son, the one that I promised would come, 
the thing you've been waiting for for a hundred years and sacrifice him to me. And Abraham said, yes, sir. And he took him on the Mount Moriah and he built the, the altar and he tied, put Isaac on the altar, tied him up, raised the knife to plunge into his chest. Abraham knew all along that God, when God provides something, he never takes it away from you without giving it to you something in return or giving that back to you better than it was. And as he raised the knife to obey, the angel said, Stop. Stop. Now that I've seen you'll obey me, he goes in verse 17 and says, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring. Remember in, earlier he said that our job is to multiply, be fruitful and multiply. He says, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemy. And we'll stop right there for a second shall possess the gate of his enemies. Back then, the government, all the government business was taken, was done, conducted at the gate. So what he was saying was, your seed shall possess the government of its enemies. In other words, shall take, take the control of its enemies. Verse 18, And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So multiply, he told Abraham, I will multiply you. Your job is to be fruitful and multiply. Since you obeyed me, I'm going to multiply you. And he says, your offspring, he said, your offspring will be as the stars of the heaven. The rabbinic tradition says that when he was talking about the stars of the heaven, he said, it's like you're going to have so many offspring that they will individually be able to shine. And you'll be able to individually see each one. Each one of them will be able to, to be a, a guiding light. And then he says, and the sands of the seashore. He says, it's going to be, you can have, there'll be individuals, but together they will make something that will create the boundaries of the waters. In other words, they're stars of the sky. There's a bunch of them, but they're going to be individual lights. They're going to be shining individually. And then the sands of the seashore, they're going to be individuals, but they together is when they make their most impact. So God says they're going to be a, a shining light, and then they're going to make impact on the earth. And every nation on the earth shall be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. This is what God is saying. Listen, I have created you in my image. I have created you after my likeness. I have put male and female and all the offspring shall bless every nation. Every nation shall be blessed because of my image. And so God never changed his mind. Never changed his mind. Our text verse for today in Jeremiah chapter 29. Remember we're studying Jeremiah chapter 29. Verse 6 he said, he told them, he told the exiles, Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. And give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there, and do not decrease. Remember, in chapter 1, he said, your job is to multiply, to be fruitful and multiply. And now he says, Mary, take sons, have babies, and multiply there, do not decrease. Because you're in exile, do not stop increasing. Do not stop multiplying my image on this earth. Do not stop. He said, I want you to keep doing it, doing 
business and doing what you're on this earth to do, what I commanded back in Genesis to do, I want you to keep doing it even though you're in exile. I, I, I had this thought, and I'm wondering, and I really hadn't come to a full conclusion, but I wonder why God, because they're in exile because they were disobedient, because they went after other gods. Why? Did, and there are others that weren't in exile, that were still back in, in, in Judea. They were still in the land of Israel. They were still there. Why did God not want them, why didn't he tell them to multiply and let these dwindle down to nothing? The disobedient that were in exile, why did he tell them to multiply? Why did he, call, he say, I want you disobedient ones to multiply? Why did he do that? If it had been me, I'd say, y'all just need to just go away. Because y'all don't know how to obey me. Wouldn't he want them to decrease and the obedient ones to increase? See, that's because I'm not God. Y'all can be thanking the Lord because I'm not God. So that's why they're in exile, because they were disobedient followers. But he hasn't changed his mind. He hasn't changed his mind. Though they, they disobeyed him, though they went after other gods, though they were in exile because of that, he never changed his mind. God never changes his mind about you. No matter what thing you're going through, no matter what thing happens in your life, he has still never changed his mind about you. He still wants verse 11. To, he still has a plan for you. He still has hope for you and a future. He still has that plan in place. Though you're in exile, though they were in trouble, they were in exile, they were taken captive, he still had that plan for them. He told them in verse 11, because I, I, I have a plan. See, we were, we were made to reflect him. We were made to reflect him. He wants the earth to be blessed so that th by those who reflect him. That's why he wants us to make... See, he wants to, the earth to be filled with his glory. The scripture says the whole earth is filled with God's glory. But see, we are his image bearers and we are the crowning creation. We are the crowning uh, creatures in creation. We're his, we're his masterpiece, Hebrews tells us. I mean, Ephesians tells us we are God's workmanship, his poema. We are created for good works. Though we have put our, got ourselves into a situation, though we've got ourselves into a, a place that is, is not ideal, he still created us for good works. He still created us to do good. He still created us to bear his image. He still created us to bless the nations. He didn't change his mind because we messed up. That's what I, I have to get in my head. Even though I mess up, he still never changes his mind about me. How many are glad about that? How many are glad about that? You cannot change his mind about you. I mean, you may have, and I'm, I mean... Someone that's watching, you, you may have done some things that you think, I have been disqualified. All of a sudden, I'm disqualified. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And there's, there's a, a, a rising surge of people posting on, on, on Facebook and Instagram and all the social media saying, you're, you're enough. You are enough. And I want to say, yeah when I'm reflecting God's image. When I'm 
when I'm being who God created me to be. When I'm trying to be somebody else, I ain't enough because I can't be somebody else. I can't be something else. When I am someone, when I am who God created me to be and I'm operating in the, the anointing that he created me to have, then I am enough for what he has called me to do. I am enough in him. I am enough in him. I have value in him. We have value as human beings. We have value, but my value lies in who I am because of him. Not just because I was born. I don't have value just because I was born. I have value in who I am in him. And when we operate in who we are and who he has called us to be and who he has created us to be, when we become who he, is, who he has created us to be, when we don't lose sight of the fact that we are chosen, we are chosen by God. Every one of us are chosen. Every one of us are called by God. Every one of us are called by God. Jesus said many are called, but few are chosen. The thing, the thing there is many are called. Everybody's called. But not in many people accept the call. So we're to be made. So weddings, the, when he was telling them to marry, to take, to, give your, to take daughters to your sons and give your daughters two sons and, and all this kind of stuff, he was saying, listen, keep, keep doing that. Keep becoming the completed image of who I am. But then... The effect a baby has on people's lives. The effect babies have. I want to show you a picture. Don, put that picture up. I want you to see that picture. That is Eddie Jaku, who back in May of this year released his first book at 101 years old. Eddie was born in Leipzig, Germany on April 14, 1920 into a Jewish family. He was a teenager when his world was turned upside down. On November 9th, 1938, during the terrifying violence of Kristallnacht, the night of broken glass, Eddie was beaten by the SS thugs, arrested and sent to concentration camps with thousands of other Jews across Germany. Every day of the next seven years of his life, Eddie faced unimaginable horrors in Buchenwald and Auschwitz. The Nazis took everything from Eddie... They took his family, his friends, and his country. And in 1945, he was sent on a death march. In Auschwitz, he was sent to, to march towards the gas chambers, but he escaped, and he was finally rescued by Allied soldiers. Afterward, after that, he met and married his wife, yet he was very antisocial and angry. He had hatred and bitterness toward those that took his family and dignity from him. However, as he related in a TED Talk, when his firstborn son, when his, first, when his son was born, his life changed. After experiencing the joy and immense love for his son, he made a decision to change. Overwhelmingly grateful, he made a promise he would smile every day in thanks for the precious gift he was given and to honor the six million Jews murdered by Hitler. So today, at 101 years of age, despite all he suffered, Eddie calls himself the happiest man on earth. In May of this year, he released his memoir entitled The Happiest Man on Earth. Because of a baby, he was bitter, he was angry, he was 
antisocial. He, he said, I was married, but I still wasn't happy. But when, I, when my son was born, the love that I experienced from him, from him woke me up and caused me to say, wait a minute, I, am gonna, I want my son to have a, an awesome life, so I choose to be happy. I choose to smile every day. I choose to call everyone my new friend. I choose to be the happiest man on earth because of a baby. So when God told the exiles to have babies, he was saying, listen, I'm wanting you to experience this love and this joy even though you're in exile because it's going to bring you hope. Because a baby is God's vote for the future. Every baby that's born is God's hope for the future. See, with this kind of response, do you wonder why God told those exiles to marry and have babies? See, we are to create together and not to decrease. He told them, do not decrease. In verse 6 of 29, Jeremiah 29, multiply, be fruitful, do not decrease. Because when you start decreasing, when, you, when things start, when you start losing things in your life, when you start losing hope, there, you have no future. Because when you have no hope, you have no future. And that's why God said, listen, you've got hope because I have a plan. We need to understand today. We need to understand today that God has called us to be image bearers and to, to come together in our marriages as man and wife to be, be the complete image of God to this earth. And this doesn't exempt those that are not married. This doesn't exempt them at all. You're still an image bearer of God. Be complete in who you are and who God called you to be. But he was speaking specifically to those in exile when he said that you should give your take, take daughters of men to be married to your sons and give your daughters to, to their sons to be married and have children. Because he wanted them to understand, listen, I need my image to be filling the earth. I need to be growing. I need you to be continuing what I told you to do in the beginning. I didn't change my mind. And one of the things that I've got to understand and I've got to say is God has given us this mandate today. As a a church, we are to multiply and we are to be fruitful. We are to multiply and be fruitful as a church. God has called us to create, be creative in this earth and in this town, in this city. And we are to be creative. And so he wants us to multiply. He wants us to work together as a creative, cohesive team as, as, as in his image and to fill the earth and subdue it. We have dominion over everything in this earth except for people. So we're to take that dominion. We're to operate in that thing. It's not a, a thing that we go up around and arrogant and acting like we own everything and go around and, and talking down to people. Oh my goodness, I, don't, I hate that when people start talking down to people because like, well, we're saved and you're not, so you're a, you're a lower creature and all this kind of stuff. Oh, please, but, there, but for the grace of God, go you. We've got to remember where you come from. My mom said, don't get above your raisin. Don't get too big for your britches. 
Remember who you are and where you came from. We're not to, to look at where we came from and, and for it to keep us there. We don't look where we came from and to keep us, keep us in that state, to keep us in that, that place of, of, of less than. God wants us to increase. He wants us to multiply. He wants us to be fruitful with the whole mindset of look, because he's, God constantly is telling them, always telling them, remember, I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt. Well, most of the people he tells that, that was hundreds of years ago. That was hundreds and thousands of years ago when he told most of them that. But he's saying, listen, this is where you came from. This is what I did for you. But now you are where you are, and I want you to be all you can be where you are. I want you to be, to be fruitful, and he wants us to be fruitful in our marriages, in our lives, in our jobs, in everything that we do. He wants us to be fruitful and multiply because then we can, can reflect his image. God is the God of abundance. God is the God of abundance, and so when we're fruitful and multiply and we have dominion and we take our place on the earth, Listen, I, I, if you look in Romans, it says that the whole earth is, is groaning. You look at all the, the, the things that are happening in the earth that's never happened before, you know, earthquakes and, and all the things that, have hap- that are happening, that, the natural disasters. It's the earth groaning. And what is it waiting for? Because it was, it was thrown in, in the fall. It was thrown under, under death and under, the scripture calls it futility. And the earth was not designed for that. The earth was designed to be a garden, to be fruitful. The earth was designed to, be, to, be, to multiply. The earth was designed to be a place of, of prosperity, a place of provision. And when, when, we, when man fell and sin came in the earth, it put this, the earth into a place it wasn't designed to be. And so it's under the burden of the sin that was brought on the earth. And the earth is groaning and it's waiting, the scripture says, for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. It's, the earth is waiting for us to stand up. The society is waiting for us to stand up and become the sons and daughters of God that we were created to be. The, the reason why there's such division in the earth, why there's such turmoil in the earth, is because the children of God has not, have not stood up and become who they were created to be and taken their rightful place to put chaos back into order. Because when we take our rightful place, not as dictators, not as, as heavy-handed rulers, but when we take our places and we are operating in the positions that God placed us and designed us to be, the earth becomes back, the chaos ceases to exist and harmony and peace will fill the earth. And God says, at that point is when I'm going to come for my bride. At that come, I'm coming for a glorious bride. When God says, we have stood up and we have declared the goodness of God in the land of the living. When we have become who we were supposed to be, the earth is groaning as in birthing pains, waiting for us to stand up and say, we are, the, we are who God created us to be and we're going to operate the way he called us to operate. We're going to take the authority that he, we're going to declare in this earth there is peace and there is harmony in this earth. The joy of the Lord, the glory of God fills this earth and people of the earth will rejoice because the scripture says that the earth rejoices the city a city that is ruled by the just rejoices yes, yes. and when the just are in in charge the city rejoices yes. that's why we are to take our place 
I'm here to tell you, as the body of Christ, the things that are happening on this earth are because we have not taken our rightful place and because of things that we have done. I was, I was, on, I was on Instagram this week, and there's a person that had posted something that was so judgmental. And they're not a, a Christian. They don't even claim to be a Christian, but they were judging somebody. And somebody came up and said, well, well I thought church, church people were judgmental. You're, look how judgmental you are. I'm thinking, they're that way because we were that way. Because the church, what we do in this earth is perpetuated. What we do, the earth perpetuates because we're the ruling authorities on this earth. And we just think we're just people. We want our rights. We want everything. We want everything. All of our creature comforts the way we want them. But we have to understand we have responsibilities. We have responsibilities as children of God because we were sent to this earth to have dominion and to subdue it. And when you are in charge and you spread stupidity, stupidity is what grows. When you plant dumbness, Dumbness grows. I mean, I'm not talking about intellectual. I'm talking when you do stupid things and you do it for selfish reasons, that's the seed that you sow and it's going to grow because we are the ruling authorities on this earth. We need to set things right. We need to straighten up and fly right, as Mama said. Straighten up and fly right. Repentance, the Scripture says, begins at the house of the Lord. We need to say we have... We have, and I'm just taking it, I'm not saying that everybody here has done it, I'm just saying as a, as a whole, the Christians and the body of Christ has acted in selfish ways, has acted in ways that, that were, were self-centered, and we're not thinking about their responsibilities on this earth, they would just think about what, what, how it affects me and what it's affecting my life. And then the things that are happening now are a result of us not operating properly in our authority. Because he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. And he never changed his mind. Even though the fall came, he sent Jesus to bring that back. We've been redeemed from that curse. We've been redeemed from the fall. And we have the responsibility. Y'all, this was not even in my notes, but I, I went there. We have the responsibility as the body of Christ. Listen, listen closely to me. We have the responsibility of the, of, as the body of Christ. The whole earth is groaning, waiting for us to be manifest, for us to take our, our place of authority and, and operate and rule properly. Spirit-led rulership. We are to let the Spirit guide us not what can, can get, what can satisfy our flesh, not what can we get because we, we, don't, we want this to happen our way, we want this to... Listen, we're all crying out for rights and rights and rights. God says, I want relationships. Don't look for your rights. Look for relationships. Look for who you can, can love on. Look for people that you can, can, can reach to. Look for who you can reflect the image of God to. Be the image of God to this earth so that people can see the right way to live and they can start seeing that. And then when the earth can see it, they can be it. When the earth sees the children of God operating in their proper authority, in spirit-led authority, 
Again, not as dictators, not as heavy-handed leaders. I'm talking about when we have compassionate, spirit-led authority and we operate in it in our lives, in our sphere of influence, in where God put us, when we operate in that way with the mindset of, listen, I am responsible for being here. I'm responsible for what I do while I'm here. We weren't just here by accident. I don't care. I don't, it doesn't matter the circumstances of your birth. You're not here by accident. You were placed here on purpose. And God had a purpose and a plan for you. And he wanted you to operate in that authority. To have dominion. To subdue the earth. So I'm standing here and saying, listen. I want us as the body of Christ. Us that, that, are, that claim to be the born again children of God, those that have received redemption from Jesus Christ, I want us to make a declaration and to decide that I'm going to begin to operate in my life with the understanding that I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to this earth. Yes, we are emissaries. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are, we are made, we are originally, we originally were made in, for heaven and he placed us on this earth, so this is not necessarily our home, but I'm here to tell you, while we're here, we have a responsibility. And I want us to take that responsibility with the weightiness that God has created us for to subdue the earth, to be his image bearers on this earth. And so he wants us to be that way. So this morning... I've gotten pretty heavy. Again, that was nowhere in my notes. You can look at them after church. That was nowhere in my notes, but I just feel like the Spirit of God just wanted me to go there. He said, listen, I have, I have been waiting for someone to stand and say, it's our responsibility for what's going on in this earth, and we need to take our rightful position, our rightful places of authority, and begin to operate in our lives like we were supposed to be with the, the understanding of the weight of what we do in this earth has a reflection because because people that are not Christians are being judgmental but but that's because the church planted the seeds of judgmentalism because the church judged people harshly because the church did I'm here to tell you people may not think this but as the church goes so goes the world because we are that we have the authority in this earth we are the ones with the authority it says it in scripture so we have a responsibility. Now that's weighty. That's, that's serious. And there may be someone that's watching, that's, you may be watching this video and thinking, that's, that's heavy. That's heavy. But listen, I want you to understand something. Being a, a child of God, being a child of God comes with those responsibilities. It comes with that. But see, there's also the grace of God that when we mess up, when we sin, the scripture says, we have an advocate with the Father. When we, so we don't have to worry about being perfect. We, we, we're not going to be perfect. We will never be perfect. We are to, to look to try, we're to strive to that. We're, we're to to. Try to be transformed to the image of God's dear Son. That's what our goal is, to be like Jesus. We won't be that way because we're human. We'll get better and better and better. 
But maybe we'll be like Enoch. Maybe when we reach that, we'll just, we'll just go move over to heaven. We won't have to die. If we reach that perfect state, I don't know, maybe that's what happened to Enoch. He just said because God took him. Because they walked together. But still, it's just such a... It's, it's an awesome experience being in a, a relationship with God the Father. It's so... I don't know how to explain. It's just something that's better felt than felt. You know, it's just something that that you. I want you to experience. I want you to to understand. And you have. A, and I really feel like there's some of you there that you're feeling this deep inside. You there's something inside that's just drawing you, saying, "Listen." I, and and I, I, maybe this week or from last month or so, you, your your mind and your heart said, "Listen, I, I need to. I need to. I need to make a change in my life. I need to." I need to make things right with God. But you've made the statement that I've got to wait till I get this, get my life in order first. You won't ever do that. You won't ever get your life in order. And the good thing about it is God is not expecting you to. God does not ask you to come in your perfect state. He says, come as you are. Come as you are. Come the way you are. I love you just the way you are. In fact, the scripture says that while we were his enemy, he loved us. Christ loved us and he died for us. So he, he wants you to come into relationship with him. And I want to help you do that this morning. I, or whenever you're watching, you're watching the replay or whatever, I want to help you do that. I want to, to help you to... To place it, put it in words, how to do it, because you may not know how to say it. You may not know how to, to get there. And it's just simple. It's so simple. It's a one-sentence prayer that is the launching part, launching point into a relationship with God. So listen, if that's you, whenever you're watching, wherever you are, if you'll just repeat this after me, just say, Jesus, I give you my life. It's that simple. Just, just say, Jesus. I give you my life. And, and listen, I'm telling you, if you said that and you, you meant it from the bottom of your heart, you have just moved what the scripture says out of darkness into his glorious light. You've moved from death to life. You are born again. You are a new creature, a new creation in Christ. All those things that you did want wrong, in the spirit, God has wiped them away. There may be some consequences on this earth if you've done things that have broken the law and things like that. And there may be some seeds that you've planted with people. But see, the thing is, is from now on, he can help you to start planting good seed. He can help you to start dealing with those situations. There will be a lot more conversation for you to have with Jesus. There will be a lot more that he and you, you and he can talk about but this is his, his welcome. Welcome into the family of God. Welcome home. I just sense that you feel it right now in, in, in your spirit. You feel the lightness. and it's, You feel so light. You feel like burdens have been lifted off of you. That Your shoulders, the weights have been lifted off your shoulders. Listen, if that's you, whenever you're watching, we want to help you. We want to partner with you in knowing what to do next. We want to do that. So if you would do us a favor and do, do us the honor of going to our website, turnaround.church,
and scroll down to the bottom and click, I just received Jesus. There's a little card down at the bottom that says, I just received Jesus. If you'll click that, fill out that information, be sure to include your mailing address because we want to drop ship a book to you called 10 Steps Toward Christ. And it's a book that's going to be a resource for you to know what to do next. And this is our way of partnering with you to give you a resource that you can to go to that you can look to and know what to do next. It's going to help you with reading plans. It's going to help you with, with uh, spiritual practices. It's going to help you with all kinds of things. If you'll do that, we'll send that to you, and we'd be glad to do it. And we want to rejoice with you because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. All of heaven is rejoicing with you. Amen? Amen. We're so glad that you've done that. And see, part of the life of being a child of God is we start reflecting his nature. We become like God. We start reflecting his image. And what God is is generous. Because the scripture says that he loved the world so much that he gave. And that's what we want to do. And we're in the scripture, it's, there's a principle there of tithing. And the word tithe actually means 10%. So there's no question about what percentage it is. It's 10%. If you want to participate in giving in your tithing and offering and you don't have a home church, listen, we want, you to, we want to make a way for you to do that. So those in the church here in the house, there's a giving receptacle in the back. There's envelopes there. You can fill that out, put your check or cash in there, and fill that envelope out. And if you're watching online, if you're on Facebook, you can go to our Facebook page, and you clip, click the Shop Now button. And what that's going to do is take you to our giving platform you fill out a few pieces of information, use your debit, credit, or ACH, either one, and you can fill out information and give that way. Or you can just go to our website, turnaround.church, slash giving, and you can give, it'll take you to our giving platform that way. Now, the way that most of us give here is we take our phones, and we go to our messaging app, and we text the dollar amount, just the dollar amount. You don't have to put a dollar sign or any other words or anything, just the dollar amount, to 84321. Text that amount to 84321. What will happen is you'll get a link that will take you to that giving platform. Select Turnaround Church. Several churches use this platform. And fill out the information. Again, debit, credit, ACH, whichever one you want to do. And you can give that way. And then the next time you want to give, text the dollar amount to 84321. And the link you get there will be your receipt. So it's just that takes less than 10 seconds the next time. There are other ways to give. We actually have a couple of people that give on Venmo. We've had people to give on Venmo. So our handle on Venmo is at Turnaround Church. It's just at Turnaround Church, all one word, at Turnaround Church, and you can give that way. If you want to send us a check or money order in the mail, we'd be glad for you to do that. So our, our mailing address is P.O. Box 1506, Cedar Park, Texas, 78630. P.O. Box 1506, Cedar Park, Texas, seven eight. 630. If you miss it before it goes off, it's on the footer of our website, every page of our website. Our physical and mailing address is on the footer of every page of our website. And uh, we'd love to see you here. We'd love to have you here at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. We'd love to have you at 304 West Whitestone Boulevard. You can go to the website, and there's a map there. You can get there to us. Uh, you can Google us however you want to. And so we'd be glad to have you come and visit with us. Well, I want to bless you before we go, and uh, as you do, we want to, to 
speak a blessing over you. And so put yourself in a receiving posture. I'm about to lose my voice here for some reason. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. May you know that if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water that your leaf will not wither. And whatever you do, it shall prosper. We'll see you guys next time.